Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families will be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. I'm going to, I'm also, it's also going to also do a two-part series on victory. Amen. Hallelujah. We are trusting the Holy Spirit to keep teaching us and leading us. Amen. Now I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15 from about verse 58 or something. No, let's go to 56. Fifty-six. Go two more up. Shall we read? So it says, "When the word, when the perishable has been word, clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with words immortality, then the saying that is written." will come true. Let's read on. Death has what? Swallowed up what? Death has been swallowed up where? Somebody shouts, death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And then it goes on to say, it said, where what? Oh, death is your, is your victory. Death where? Where, oh, death is your victory. And it said what? Where, oh, death is your sting. Let's go on. The stink of death is what? Is sin. And the power of sin is what? The law. Amen. The next verse. Shall we read? One, two, three. Let's go. What does it say? But. Thanks be to who? Thanks be to who? I can thanks be to God. Who what? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord who? Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God what? who gives us what? Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that means, very straightforward, you have the victory. Amen. Look at anyone that says, you have the victory. Hallelujah. But it tells us how we have the victory. It says through our Lord, Lord, Jesus Christ. It means that once we have a relationship with Jesus, we have come into the verdict of victory. We have come into the place of victory. We have come to um, a station of victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus, we are victorious. So you are victorious once you have Jesus. Once you're in a relationship with Jesus. Look at the other side Do you have a relationship? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Please, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Is it true? 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 You have a relationship with Jesus? Then what does it mean? What does it mean? I can't hear you. Are you not sure? From then what? Then you are victorious. According to scripture, once uh, you have a relationship with Jesus, God said, through our Lord Jesus Christ, we are victorious. Now, TPT says, but we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. And the Bible also tells us in 1 John 5, verse 4, is that for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God, everyone who has given their life to Jesus overcomes the world. It says this is a victory that has overcome the world, even what? Our faith. Even our faith. TBT of that same scripture says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world. Every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Hallelujah. 
Okay, so if, if we believe what the scripture says, that we are victorious, then I want to state about three ways by which this victory has come to us. There are a lot of ways, but I'm going to state about three ways by which this victory has come to us. Are you in the house of the Lord? Okay, the first one, God has given us victory by giving us redemption through his blood. God has given us victory by giving us redemption through his blood. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Mm. We have what? Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, you have to understand that forgiveness assumes grace. It assumes grace. Grace gives what no one deserves. Grace gives what? What no one deserves. Hallelujah. If you work for something and I give, if you work for something and I, let's say for instance, you work for me and I give you money, that's not grace. Because you have earned it. Am I making some sense? Uh Uh-huh. But when the Bible says we we have grace, what it means is that we do not deserve it. Am I making some sense, somebody? Uh Uh-huh. You can't work for it. Look at it and say, you can't work for it. Forgiveness is not getting even. Now, anytime there's a word forgiveness, it means that there's been a wrong done. Right? Aha. Uh-huh. It means wrong has been done. That's why there's a need for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. And anytime there's a wrong done, all of us carry inside of us the desire to get even. Hallelujah. Yeah. Once you have, you have done wrong, there's a desire to get even. Once somebody steals from you, you wish you could also steal somebody's own. Yeah. Hallelujah. When a thief is caught, is caught. Uh-huh. Even if the person is still yours, <laughs> in an area when they, they catch a thief, everybody wants this one to pay for their. <laughs> the thing that was stolen. Meanwhile, maybe it's not this thief that stole it. But they will beat him like he's too. Because there's something inside of that that wants to get even. Are you with me? But forgiveness is not getting even, but rather giving away the right to get even. Giving away the right to get even. And that's what we, have, we, we receive in Christ. That's why we are victorious. When God had a chance to deal with us based on our sin, he chose to forgive us through Christ. Now, also remember, the justice of God was also appeased here. Now, we have forgiveness because it looks as if, how do you call it? We didn't do anything. And that's true, we didn't do anything. But actually, this is just because God's justice was met on the cross. So somebody paid, but God provided a better alternative. Hey, I'm not making some sense, somebody. So look at it and say, neighbor, this is one of the major ways by which you have victory. Shake your neighbor and say, this is the major way. You know, and say, I'm victorious, I'm victorious. Shake your head like what? A gamma lizard. How are you victorious? You don't know. Is you have forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Through what? The blood. Through the shed blood. Number two, he had freed us from the bondage to the fear of death. Hebrews 1, 14 to 15 says, since the children have the flesh and blood, have flesh and blood rather, he too shared in their humanity. Who, who is he talking about? Jesus. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Mm. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. To free us. Now, all of us are afraid of death. Especially when people have been, uh, when they are not born again, the fear of death is another, it's another, another level. Hey, I'm making some sense. I mean, last time I was even telling some people that the reason why even some of our, our mothers go to funerals is because they're afraid of death. They don't know what is in death. <laughs> so they want to attend and all that so that someday there will be mercy shown them when they die. Hey, I'm making some sense about it. That's why Ghanaians, we are pulled death and funerals like that. Because we don't know what is in death. There's a certain fear in death. 
The Bible says that Jesus came to wear the flesh because we were in the flesh. And we were held under captive of death because sin causes death. So every man knew he was going to die or knows he's going to die. But we, have, we, 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 are, we are uncertain as to what death will bring. So what Jesus did was to come and wear the flesh and die. And overcome the power of death. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? And that's why he rose again. So in rising again, he says, don't fear death. Hey, I'm not just talking the house. So if you're a child of God who's afraid of death, then you have not believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you afraid of death? I said, neighbor, are you afraid? <laughs> Hallelujah. What our concern should be about death is that when we are dying, we should have fulfilled our purpose. That is where our greatest concern about death is. But not death in itself. Because Jesus has gone ahead, worn the, worn the flesh, and died so that he will, free, he will free us from the fear of death. The fear of death and slaves. Now, do, do believers die? Yes. So whatever the worst the devil can do, he can only kill the flesh, but he can't kill your soul. So Satan really hasn't got any power because he can't do anything. All he can do is just kill the, the flesh, but God has the most important part about it. Hallelujah. So shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, we have victory in death. We have victory in death. Oh, shake your neighbor and say, we have victory in death. Hallelujah. We have what? Victory in death. And the last one. Victory from the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. There is no, you have to understand, there's no, there's no escape from the curse of the law. <laughs> there was, rather. There was no escape from the curse of the law. Why? Because the law was given by God and the law was just. God gave the law and the law was just. And what did the law say? Thou shalt not do. The only challenge with the law is that the law will point to you what you are not supposed to do and even arouse out of you a desire to do what you are not supposed to do. But the law will never help you not to do what you are not supposed to do. That's what it does. I've always said, like, uh, you come against um, it's a war. They've written, that shall not urinate. The minute they wrote, that shall not urinate, now the thought of urinating comes in. <laughs> and then when the desire to urinate comes in, the, what is written there cannot help you to stop from... Do, do, do you get it? Uh-huh. So God's law was just, but we could not escape its power. Hallelujah. Hey. The only way, the only way we could um, handle the penalty of breaking the law was that somebody else has to come and pay it. Somebody had to do it. So that's why Jesus came to walk in full obedience of the law. Hey. So he obeyed the law, but not only that, he also paid the consequence of our breaking the law. So that we are free from the curse that comes from the law. I'm not making some sense, somebody. Aha, uh-huh. so look at the neighbor. Say, no, you are free from the curse that comes from the law. You are free. You are free. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? You are free. Some tell you are free. You are, you are free. Believing in Jesus really makes you victorious. Miss, if you believe, come and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Galatians 3, Galatians 3, 13 to 14 says, Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon the tree is cursed. Amen. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in all the blessings of Abraham, so, so that in all the blessings of Abraham can be poured up, out upon the Gentiles. And now through faith, we receive the promised Holy Spirit who gives, who lives in us. So not only did he absorb the curse, but actually what he did was that 
he now switched the thing so that now all the blessings which God has promised in Abraham can come to you. Hallelujah. Amen. So you, you can't be walking about shaking your head and say, I'm under curse. My family, we are cursed. <laughs> how, dear, how? Ask your neighbor, how? When they ask you, why are you not doing it? There's a curse in my family. How? 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 Oh, shake your head and say, how? How? That's what, uh, hallelujah. It's not, it's, it, are you trying to say? <laughs> Kenneth Egan says something. He said, I would rather that I would tell a man that he's a liar than to say God is a liar. So when your situation is conflicting God's word, you have to know that the liar is not God, the liar is you. Hey, am I making some sense? Yeah, the liar is you, not God. Because God cannot lie. That's what the Bible says. He cannot lie. The minute God declares a thing, even if it looks like the lie is the truth. <laughs> hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, God cannot lie. Therefore, you are not under a curse, but under blessing. Oh, I can't hear you. Tell, tell the neighbor again what you just said. Tell the person, neighbor, God cannot lie. Uh-huh. You are not under words, but you are under words, a blessing. You are not under a curse, but a blessing. When two come together in marriage, Bible even says that two are even better than one. That's the promise. That's a blessing. So you walk into my they don't come and say, but this is background and the case. No, hey, are you in the house? Shake your nose and neighbor, you gotta sit up more. You have to sit, you have to sit up. Tell me, you have to sit up more. Hallelujah. Amen. We are free. Tell me, we are free. We are free. We are free. We are free. We are what? Free. Hey. You have to understand, according to scripture, sin is the ultimate cause of death. And sin's power is in the law. So when, God, when you solve the one, it trickles down. And Jesus has come to solve that problem for us. Amen. Now, so let's go to, this, this is the intro, not, but build up. We are building up. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 58. Um. 50, what? 15, 50, 54, 50. Let's go to 58 there. So 15, 58. This is what it says. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters. What is it therefore? It means that it's making reference to what he has said before. Are you with me? Uh-huh. He's making reference to what I said before. He said, therefore, my dear brothers, stand words. What is there? Stand words. Stand words. So what it means is that it's not enough just for you to have the victory, but there is a standing. There is what? There's a stand. A stand, 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 stand. He said what? Let what? Nothing move you. Other translation says what? It says, be steadfast, immovable. Be steadfast, immovable. Let nothing move you. I believe that part of I, even though Christ has, re, has redeemed us, Christ has blessed us, the reason why a number of people are not seeing victory in their life is because they are moved away from this truth. There's something that always seems to come into their life that moves them away from the truth. Hey. Therefore, tell me about therefore. I can't hear therefore. My beloved brethren, be words. I can't hear be what? Be what? Steadfast and what? Immovable. Be steadfast, immovable. Now. I'm going to dive deep here let's go to nehemiah 6 1 2 6 no nehemiah 2 first 2 17 to 18 let's look at something there then and remember how many of you know the story of nehemiah 
Nehemiah is a Jew in a foreign country. He was serving the king, and then news came to Jeremiah about his people and um, of the Jews, how the walls are broken down, the, the, you know, everything is down, and, and Nehemiah, Bible makes us understand, Nehemiah went to God crying and said, God, no, you gave us a promise. You know, we are your promised people and all that. And then Nehemiah went to the king and spoke to the king and, the, and found a favor with the king. And the king said, you can go back. And the king actually even gave Nehemiah letters and things to make sure that his favored and resources are given to him so he can build back the wall. Are you in the house? Okay. So this is Nehemiah going to the, the place. Now let's read it. What, what did I say? He said, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies, what, in ruins. And the gates have been, what, burned with fire. We are preaching together. Uh-huh. He said, what, come, let us, what, rebuild the wall of and what we will no longer be in disgrace. The next verse. I also told them about what? About the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king has said to me. They replied, Let us what? Start rebuilding. So they began the good work. So they do what? They began the good work. We come into Christ, we hear a word, a promise of a word. God extends favor to us, to us, and then there's a rebuilding of our lives. There's a, re, a, a start of our, 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 our lives, right? We start building. Hey, hey, Chobu. Hey, what is broken in our families? We start building up. Amen. Like in, in, in my father's house, what was broken was, was yeah, a lot of the men were under attack. Amen. Yeah. And sometimes when you come to a place, you can't see a decent person in your home. That's a broken wall. Yeah. Some houses, when you come there, you can't see any marriage standing. It's a broken wall. And when you come to Christ, God gives you the favor and the grace to go and rebuild what is standing as a shame and a disgrace in your family. Hey, are you in a house, in your community? What are the broken walls that are there? <laughs> Some said there are plenty. <laughs> You see kids that are not going to school, kids that this, these are all broken walls. It's, it's, it stands as a disgrace. Any dis, something that points to disgrace, that's a broken wall that must be put up. It's not something that you have to glorify. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? So Bible makes us understand that Nehemiah started a real building. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is rebuilding you. Neighbor. Oh, shake the person and say, God is rebuilding your life. God is putting you back together. Nehemiah started rebuilding. And then as Nehemiah started rebuilding and started making progress, then the devil comes in. Then the devil comes in. So let's go to Nehemiah 6 from the verse 1 and let's look at the account over there. Remember, we are preaching together, so we are going to read together. Let's go. One, two, go. When word came to what? Sambalat and what? Tobiah and the who? Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that's the war, and not a gap was left. What is it? I had not set the doors and the gates. Let's go to the nervous. It says, Sambalat and what? Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together. In one of the villages on the plain of what? Oh no. But they were what? Scheming to harm me. The next verse. So I sent messengers to them with this reply I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go up to you? Go down to you. The next verse. Four times they sent me the same message. And each time, I gave them the, the same answer. The next verse. Then the fifth time, Sambala sent his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, it is reported among the nations. And Geshem says, it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, According to these reports, 
you are about to become their king. Let's go to the next verse. And have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us what? Confer together. The next verse. <laughs> I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up. You are just what? Making it up out of your head. The next verse. They were all trying to frighten us. Thinking their hands will get too weak for the work. And it will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. Now the next verse. It says what? One day. You uh, uh, will come back today. Amen. Okay, so now let's get it. And I, I wish you, you, you can get this. Amen. Are you in the house? Now, when Nehemiah started making progress, then the enemies of Nehemiah now sent a word to Nehemiah. And they tell Nehemiah. And all this, everything they told Nehemiah, do you know what they are looking for? They wanted Nehemiah to move from his secure place. Everything we're doing, remember, all that we say, say, come, let's meet up. I have heard this. Come, let's meet up. Nehemiah's safe place was where the work was. Because remember, Bible, when you, when you look at the account, the account talks about how when we're building, they still, they had, on one hand, they were building, on the other hand, they had weapons. So Nehemiah's safe place was, and get this, what, what I want to drive us is that, look, the believer's safe place is a place of truth. The believer's safe place is a place of truth. Anytime God is building anything in your life, in your family, God first starts with truth. That is why the scripture we read in 1 Corinthians, he said after he has laid it down, then he comes and said, be steadfast and unmovable. Unmovable in what? Be not moved from your truth. Let your, the foundations of truth be so strong that nothing moves you. Like I said, God has already done it. We already have victory. But the reason why a lot of believers are not experiencing victory is because they keep moving from truth. Something always is moving them from the truth. All they wanted to do to shake their mind was to go and tell their mind a lie. <laughs> hey. But when you study this, any study material you, you use, it will tell you that one weapon that helped Nehemiah was Nehemiah's ability to discern what they had sent to him. So Nehemiah could discern from their message the true intent. And Nehemiah can tell that they were lying. Hey, I'm not making some sense to somebody in the house. Now remember, they first came with the look and the gaze. They came as friends, but they are enemies. See, your enemy is not dangerous. Once it looks at the enemy, you can tell. The issue is that when your enemy can pose as a friend. Because they came to him and said, oh, you are doing what, but come. We have heard something. Come, let's just, so that the king doesn't get angry at you. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody in the house this morning? Amen. Be unmovable because there are lies. There are lies. God says this, but your, your, your environment can speak to you. And you can think your environment is truer than God's word. A lot of believers have abandoned what God's word says. And they say true what the environment is saying. They say true what their body is saying. They say true. When, when God's word says this, they say, no, but I feel this way. Ah, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, be unmovable. Remember. Remember what the man said, said, look, these are inventions of your mind, out of your mind. Even your own mind can tell you a lie. Your own mind can fabricate things to you. And your own mind can tell you things that the word of God is saying is so so. Be steadfast and unmovable because it says we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Be, be steadfast. Don't let Ghana tell you something otherwise. 
Hey, don't let the kufa those government tell you otherwise. Don't let the macro, micro, mucro, all those statistics. <laughs> hey. So when I look at statistics and all those things and the way they are showing, hey. What has the word of the Lord said? Hmm. Neymar discernment. What is discernment? This is the ability to decide between truth and error. Right and wrong. It's the ability to decide between truth and error, right and wrong. It is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about the truth. It is the ability to think with discernment. See, get this. Are you guys with me? Like I said, when your enemy is, your en- is an enemy and you know it's an enemy, it's easy to see. But it's when the enemy disguises itself. Remember, the Bible said, be careful. You're a devil. The enemy is going about prying like an angel of light. And that's the enemy. The enemy wears deception so well. Hey, if for nothing, nine more than ever in our generation, we know the place of, we can tell that now there are certain men, if you don't take care, there are certain women, if you don't take care. Please, you're welcome. There are certain people, if you don't take care, you say, I found a woman, I found a woman, I found a woman, you go home. And you see the extra balls in the house more than you. <laughs> you brought into the house more balls. <laughs> Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you seeing well? Amen. Yeah. Now it is more than ever, physical appearance cannot be an indicator of what the truth is. Recently, less than whatever, a man has won the competition, women competition, and is Miss, Miss Netherlands. <laughs> hey, if a man can fool the whole and the gathering, for me, I always say the one of the most interesting things are the women that are also around and are so, also clapping. Oh my God. If a man can fool everybody, if we can come to a level where this level of deception is bought in, then you have to understand that the devil can come and portray something to you that looks like the truth, but it's not. One thing the devil knows, on the cross he lost. It's so clear. The devil knows he has lost. But the issue is that, will you still believe the victory on the cross? That's where the thing is. In your daily living, in the way you do your stuff, are you, are you stationed steadfast and immovable on the truth that you are already victorious through Christ Jesus? Or you are going to find yourself being moved by everything that is around you? Even sometimes your own body can lie to you. The ability to think with discernment is synonymous with an ability to think biblically. So anytime you're talking about discernment in this context, especially what I'm talking about, is I'm talking about the ability to say and to see things in their true form. Truth. Someone say truth. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hmm. First Thessalonians 5, 21 to 22 says, but test them all. By what? I can by what? Shout it out by what? Test them all. Test what all? Them all. Some say them all. Test the men. Ladies, test words. Men, test words. (laughs) Test every situation. Test every opportunity. I've said this statement, I, I, I mean, I repeat it, I, I don't know whether Dr. Mensa or Dr. Malson said, and I always, I always love it because it's the truth. He said, look, everybody has an agenda by the believer. Everybody has an agenda. The believer believes that everybody, everything is okay, it's cool, everything is fine. <laughs> and so, we fail to walk in, in discernment. That this opportunity that is before me, it is, the, is, is it the Lord's will? Is it God's truth path for me? 
Because it's not every door that you must enter. One of these days you enter into a toilet. <laughs> it's not every door. Look at this. It's not every door you must enter. It's not every door. Because it's not every door that leads. It's not every door that leads where God wants you to go. And because of the believers are not discerning, you'll find that you go to places where there's so much work being done against the church. You go, the believers are the ones that are pushing it. Because there's no discernment. It's an opportunity. It gives you more money. No, your life must be lived by certain truth greater than just money. It must look, look, even when you're going to choose a wife, it must be more than, a uh, husband must be more than he has a car. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Because God is looking for godly offspring. This is a woman that has a, the nicest and shows and everybody sees her figure go back and forth. That's not a goal. Hey, you might be the most handsome guy, so you think you have to get the most beautiful girl. What are you talking about? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Tell her, shake the one that says, discern, 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 discern. You must be able to discern, judge, test, so that you may know things in accordance with God's truth. You have to see beyond outward appearance. Proverbs 27, verse 6, it says, faithful are the wounds of friends. Hey, what are you saying? So you are saying that friends can wound you. And the Bible calls that faithful. But if you are not discerning, a friend might wound you and you might think that's your enemy. And then you go for the cases of an enemy. Some ladies have been going for some kisses of because <laughs> hey, they are without discernment. <laughs> Hallelujah. He smells good. Yeah. <laughs> but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve a hidden agenda. Amplifies this. Proverbs 27, verse 9, 17 says, It takes the grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, and so, so one person sharpens the character of another. A friend, in sharpening you, may. See, when you're sharpening something, there's friction. Yeah. Sometimes God can put you people in your life that will make life a bit challenging and difficult for you. But that is actually, if you have discernment, you know that that's the place I'm supposed to be. Yeah. People don't have discernment. Small pressure, then they run. Small pressure, then they run. So you see them running away from things to things and going to places. I remember those days when I was in school. There was this guy. I just, I just liked the guy. I don't know. I liked and I also didn't like his character. He was my junior. I saw some... Um, how do I even describe? Some of that before even eludes you. Like an opportunist and a lazy person. And because I saw that, I decided, I don't know if the, the, the thing came to me, decided to approach that out of him. And to do so, it means that every job I'll call him. Every job I was calling him. But he thought at the point in time that I was the enemy. But he didn't know that there was something I'd seen that I wanted to approach out of him. People join churches because the pastor will not know what is their car inside so that they can put them to the grind. And bring them out. They like a chair. Sometimes they like a chair that's so big that nobody will know that I am here. So I can be in church with my devil and we we'll all be comfortable in that. In, 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 in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's the prescription or uh, the, 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 the criteria by which some people choose churches. Something the person doesn't know. Doesn't care. I said, life, life is this is Christianity, this Christianity is personal. Is this. So people are there and they have all manner of demons with them. The demons are. <laughs> Because nobody will know. No fire will touch us. Nobody will grind us. People come to church, they are not part of anything because they don't like the grinding. They are not able to discern, to know the place which is good. Bible makes us understand what saved Nehemiah was his discernment to say that, to see that this guy, what he's saying, is not who he is. There's something, there's a hidden agenda. We have to be steadfast in the truth. One of the great lies, look, in our time right now, 
is that, and that's one of the most interesting things. For instance, when you go to America, are you with me? Are you with me? The party that promotes so much sin is also the party that is for everybody. Yeah, it's the party that's for everybody. Meanwhile, it's the party that promotes so much sin and sin and so much wrong. But it's for everybody. So sometimes you go and you see a lot of believers are there. They love everybody. But even love in itself, in itself sense, even though it is for everybody, it's still discriminatory. Intrinsically, it's because there's an expectation. You can't live a life where nothing, no measure, no judgment, everything is okay. It doesn't work like that. Even you, it's not every man that is for you. What are you talking about? We will align boys and men here and make sure that you, you just close your eyes and pick one and take away. Will you do? So no, I want the one with the broad chest. <laughs> so you have discriminated the one against the one with the small chest. <laughs> I want the tall one. Hey, it's all we short ones. We are asking. <laughs> Shake the neighbor and say, neighbor, you must know the truth. You must know the truth. And you must discern. Tell the person you must discern if you are going to stand in the victory. If you are going to stand in God's victory. Now, what is the goal of the lie of the, of the enemy? Guys, what's the goal of the lie of the enemy? Is to produce. The end game is fear. That's what they wanted to produce out of Nehemiah. The, the devil's goal is that whilst you, once you move from your truth to a lie, you will start fearing. Because you have moved from your secure place. Are you with me? And that's one of the things you guys, young people, listen, you need to get this. In our day and time, our confidence, Bible says, the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. We, our boldness is not just, it's not just simple bravado, hey, 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 no, no. It must be anchored in the truth. The truth of God's word. We say what the word says and we leave it at that. As far as, after as God's word, God should defend his word. Amen. It is not in your knowledge. It's not in your own subjective knowledge. It's not the school you've gone. Don't put your confidence because, funny enough, I had uh, uh, Dr. Mensah told me, she said some years ago when I was young, they said egg was not good or something. They came out with research. They said the egg is not good. Then all of a sudden, they come with another research. Egg is good. Now they come and this is not good. So now, and it's true. When you go on, 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 on nets, this is good. It's not good. It's good. It's not good. Some years ago, masturbation was gone. Now masturbation is a good thing. You see, how the, you see the shifting this thing of lies? Yeah. Why? Because there's somebody behind it. And the goal is to move you from the truth into a lie so that you fear. They then controls you. So when you look at it, when COVID came, look at, the, 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 look at the, the outcome of COVID. It's more fear that produced death more than COVID itself. Yeah. And those of us that survived, it's out of faith. I remember when, when, when COVID came, I think just when they, they, they released lockdown, or they released people from the lockdown. Not too long, it was my birthday. And people came and all that. And I had COVID. Yeah, 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 I had COVID. I had COVID. How do I know? I lost my sense of smell. It wasn't just me. With my boys in the house, one of them, their gas was on. You couldn't even tell there was gas on. <laughs> we had gone for a meeting. We came in. and said, open the gate. When they opened the gate, the whole, room, the whole place was smelling gas. He couldn't tell. I was on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to go and turn it off. My taste went. But before that time, when it started, God gave the grace faith. I'm telling you, spoke faith, declared faith, declared the word of the Lord, declared that none is going to die. So when I remember when it started happening, I said, hey, I went to take my malaria drug because I have symptoms of malaria. I took, I finished the course. The third day, I take my back to the office. I went to the office, I said, hey, me, I should lie down. This is not the time for death. <laughs> this is the time for living. I took my bag, went to the office. I went to office, that day nobody came to me. And I so I'm a bit, I want to sleep. I slept like a baby for about four, five hours. Afterwards, I took my bag and came back home. By two, three days after, I was up and going. Yeah. I remember one time we went for a leader's retreat for camp. 
I could tell some of the guys what they had was COVID. I didn't tell them it was COVID. I said, you'll be fine. It's malaria. It's malaria. It's malaria. <laughs> you'll be fine. It's malaria. Yeah. And we're dead. For how many days? Five days. We finished everything and came back and we are still, we are still alive. Hey, am I making some sense somebody? Hallelujah. It is, the, look, be careful of the lies of the enemies to move you to a place of fear. You might think as if it is okay, but actually it's taking your foundation away and soon you start fearing. You have to learn to trust God's word over even medical whatever conclusions. Hallelujah. Don't, don't listen to what the enemy says. Listen to what God says. Even if they've, they've, they've come with their knowledge, say, okay, that is your verdict, but also believe what the word of the Lord says. Because at the end of the day, it's the promise of God even in death that holds. It's not many, it's not, the doctors may tell you that you are dying, but they don't go with you to the death, to, to in death. It's God. So why don't you hold his word to, to that? Amen. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. Now you have to understand that Nehemiah realized that to fear is to sin against God. To fear is to sin against God because we show more of our trust in the devil than God. When we fear. That's what, that's, that was, that's what it is. And we don't realize that when we fear, we are walking in sin against God because we are showing our trust in the devil than in God. Be consistent and faithful to what you know to be true. Truth is the uncle of the soul. Now, I want to write this. This uh, 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 prophet, Achim Manasseh said in his book, Descending the, the Lost Body. He said what? Truth is a reference point for knowledge. Truth is a reference point for knowledge. He said the constant is the reason why there are vari- variables. The constant is the reason why there are variables. Just think about it. Without a constant, there's no place for variables. Are you in the house? He said, if there, if there is no reference point, there is no reference. <laughs> if there is not truth or there is no truth, there is no knowledge. There is no wisdom or understanding unless there is first truth. There's no wisdom or understanding unless there's first word, truth. So in everything, guys, listen, what am I saying? When the opportunity or anything comes to you, first ask, what's the position of truth in what I'm doing, in what I'm receiving? I've got an opportunity, a job opportunity. What's the position of truth? What does the Bible say about my kingdom, uh, responsibility, calling, purpose? Those places are the places you must first start thinking from. Everything else must be in relation to that truth. Once you settle in on what God has called you, what God has promised you, his word over you, what you know to be true, then everything will see its position. Are you with me? If it is not in conformity to truth, it's a lie. You move away from it. If it's not in conformity to truth, you move away from it. Am I making some sense? Uh-huh. Bible says, John 1, 1, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, and the word was, was, and the word was, was, was God. And this word, Bible tells us, is the truth. So before, in the beginning of anything that was that, was the truth. Hey, hallelujah. So when you're going to make a decision, start from the head, which is the truth. As some of the Bible even tells us that we are all joined together to the head, which is the truth. Once there is no truth established, you are a headless person. Hey, you are what? If anybody says headless person, it's what? It's a freak. It's a freak. It's a what? Sometimes when it's, you, have, you can have believers come and come and ask some questions. You want to ask, where, where's your head? But if you use literature, you've insulted me. But where's your head? Where's the truth in this? So, should a, a Christian marry a Muslim, my friend? My friend. Where's your head? <laughs> Where's your head? Should I work for this or company that I know that they are promoting LGBT cause? Where is your head? 
Hey. Should I travel or not to travel? <laughs> hey. Because to most of you, traveling is the right course for you, but it's a lie. Hey. Can I say something this way? Even your silence, you are trying to you are trying to blackmail me in some way. But me, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say. I'll say it to this side. <laughs> Traveling cannot be the will of the Lord for everybody. It cannot be the will of God for everybody in Ghana. <laughs> it can't be. It means that God has made a mistake in putting us here. Or it also means that God hasn't got an original plan for us. We are now making our plan. Ask your neighbor, where's your head? Shake the one that says, where's your head? Where's your head? Where's your head? Where's your head? Where is your head? Where is your head? <laughs> Mercy, Lord. Hmm. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea, Colossians 2, 1 to 3, and for all who like yourselves have never seen me face to face. For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love so that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding, the joy of salvation resulting in a true and a more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, that is, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and the purposes of God. That you will know Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of knowledge. So yes, he's died on the cross for you. But you need to know the truth. And you need to stick to this unmovable truth. This one, I came to challenge you. If we're going to walk in the victory God has already won for us, we must be unmovable in truth. And we must have discernment to be able to tell between, in between the lines. To go beyond the just opportunity and the thing that presents itself in the face value, on the face value. But to know the real intent and to do so, it will take truth. So be unmovable in truth. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap of him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So this is, this is part one. Part one of the message. And then part two will come. Amen. Shall we rise up on our feet? We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.